I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is the chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. No Pauly Sebelia today. Stephen Fonsi, Mario Sacco with you on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. Several guests line up for you today. We've got uh, Jack Jokinen, host of George's Box Podcast, set to join us at 12.30 to talk some Yankees baseball. Lucas Favalli, voice of the Syracuse Crunch at 1 o'clock. And Andrew Chelney, host of the Chell Squared NHL Podcast Producer for Sirius XM NBA Radio as well. We'll talk NHL. We'll talk NBA with Andrew Chelney at 1.30. Plus, we'll mix in your phone calls at any time at 315-437-7644. I would ask you how you are today, Mario, but I know the answer to that. Uh, your, your Penguins came up short yesterday. Aside from your Penguins, how are you on this Monday? Is this payback, Steve, making me work for that comment I made about the Bills when they lost? I just... Want to know? It just—it's—it's it's karma. It's okay. a, it's it wasn't on purpose. Fair it enough. just worked out that way. And um, yeah. So how are you feeling today? I'm all right. You know, 16 years of being in the playoffs, things could be worse. But uh, that was a heck of a series. The whole NHL first round has been unbelievable, and we'll get into that later on. Um, you know, five game sevens uh, out of the eight series. So pretty impressive. Uh, Best of luck to the Rangers fans, but uh, we still got hockey here in Syracuse, and that's the main part, uh, at least until Tuesday night in Game 5. Yeah, I was going to say, Penguins lost last night, uh, but you still got the hockey beard going uh, because uh, the Crunch are are still very much alive. They staved off elimination. They had yet to win in that building. They were 0-5 at Place Bell until... Saturday and uh, and they get the job done. They they get the win that they needed, and now the series comes back here for a decisive game five tomorrow night. Yeah, not only did they get the win, you think you know they're up one nothing in that hockey game, and their starting goaltender Max Legacy, who's been the you know pretty much the MVP of the team over the last two and a half months, goes down. He's hurt, and, and it really wasn't you know an injury that he did. He got landed on top of uh, Gabriel Dumont, hit one of the Laval players into him and kind of crumbled on top of Legacy. And all Hugo Oldefelt does is come in and, and pitch a shutout, 24 saves uh, in the win. So be interesting when we talk to Lucas if there's any injury d- update on Legacy and if he'll play on Tuesday. But uh, a bright sign when, when your backup comes in and, and can pitch a shutout. I, I tell you what, you know that I'm a basketball guy. Um, the hockey playoffs, though, you know, both with the Crunch and, and the Stanley Cup playoffs, I mean – you know, we usually talk in this first segment on a Monday, you know, what stood out to us from the weekend. You had five game sevens. Four of them were decided by a single goal. The one that wasn't, again, it was a it was a close game. Oilers beat the Kings 2-0. Um, and I, I watched the basketball yesterday, but the basketball was not entertaining. games at halftime. Oh, yeah. man. The, I mean, the you know, the Bucks game, the Bucks celtics was, was close for a while, and then the Celtics, you know, that thing got out of hand in a hurry in the second half. The Suns Mavs, man, I did not see that coming at all. Like, you know, the home team had won every game and had won it relatively comfortably. Um 
to watch the Mavs just dis- – and it, it wasn't so much about the Mavs. Just, it was the, the Suns just Couldn't didn't, make didn't show up. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, and, and the Mavs obviously rolled the victory, and now you got Mavs-Warriors. I, I said about a week ago I thought the Warriors were the favorites to win the whole thing. Not, now I, I think they are absolutely the favorites to win the whole thing. Yeah, and I wouldn't count out Boston, though. Uh, Boston showed that, you know, they can take down Giannis, and, and Giannis did everything he could in that series. Uh, to try and will them to a victory. But, Steve, the question I pose to you now is, you know, we saw the coming out party and Giannis leading the Milwaukee Bucks to an NBA championship. Can Luka do that? You, you know, you saw what he did in the first half yesterday. Had 27 points. The whole Phoenix Suns team had 27 points. He ends up with 35. Or do you feel that he doesn't have enough around them and, and Golden State just has more firepower in this series? I, I don't think. He's getting by this round. Um, Luca is a great player. I, I've been critical on him the last my, couple of weeks because minus, minus him trying to get every foul call and I, I can't stand his antics. I, I can't, um, and I know that he's not the only one in the league that does it. But he barks at the officials on literally every play, and I, I've been critical of him for that. You, you can't question his talent, though. I mean, and, and he is a matchup nightmare. Um, I don't think. They're winning this series. I think the Warriors are just too deep. They've got the playoff experience. Um, you know, I, I'm taking Steph and and Clay and I mean Jordan Poole, the way that he's come on uh, of late. Um, you know, it would be nice if they had you know Gary Payton to to match up with Luca, but they don't. He's he's out. He's hurt. Um, I, I just I don't think Luca can be a one man show. Um, and so I'll, I'll take Steph and Clay over Luca and Jalen Brunson. Like if that's if that's their you know if that's his running mate, um, I, I'm going with the experience of of stay, uh, of Steph and Clay. I mean, I didn't think Dallas was getting out of the first series, <laughs> and you know he's willed them to a Western Conference Championship series now. And then you look on the other side, and you have two teams that you know all season long you looked at the Eastern Conference, and you were like, okay, all the talks on Brooklyn, well. All these two teams did was, you know, Boston was the hottest team down the stretch, and Miami was your best team throughout the season, and and it showed, and now they're both in the Eastern Conference Championship. Yeah, it's an intriguing series. I mean, I, I firmly believe that whoever came out of Celtics Bucks was going to the NBA Finals. I, I think the Celtics are are going to win that series, um, but let's see because you know the the Heat surprised me in that Sixer series as well. I mean, you know, Jimmy Butler has taken his game to another level. Like when he when he gets into the playoffs, he he steps. A great player step up this time of year, and Jimmy Butler has done that. Um, He's always been a, a, a kind of passive player, but you can see in these playoffs when they need a bucket, they're going to him. Yeah. You know? And and he's he's been terrific. Um, I I think the Celtics have a little bit too much. They're similar teams in that depth you know they both play really good defense. Right, they both got a lot of depth. They got a lot of pieces. I, I just I'll take the best player on the court. Um, and in and in this case, this series, it's Jason Tatum. I mean, Jason Tatum, I think showed us. I mean, we know he's a star. He he was unbelievable. Um, you know those last two games in particular, game six game in particular, six. he just. I mean, yeah. he couldn't miss. He couldn't miss. And as good as Giannis was was in Game Six, as you know, Jason Tatum was was uh, better and good enough to get that series back to Boston. As a team, they couldn't miss. What they set an NBA record in the playoffs: yeah. twenty-two three-point field goals made. Yeah, and then you know, and then the Mavs did the same thing yesterday. You know, just shooting lights out. So, um, I mean, I think both series will be interesting. But I think you're looking at Warriors Celtics in the finals, and um, and and the the, the NBA. It's uh, again, they've got 
they've got four really good teams. I would have liked to see Suns Warriors. I think that series would have been very compelling. But with Luka and the way that that team's playing right now, and, and you said you didn't think they were going to get out of the first round. Let's not forget, Luka was injured yeah, in the beginning that, of that that's first why I didn't series. Think he was yeah. out of the first round. And so they, they stepped up without him, and, and, and here they are. So it's, uh, it's Mavs, Warriors, Celtics, Heat. As for, as for the NHL, just to circle back to that, uh, how about the Crunch's play, parent club? Uh, Tampa Bay, you know, you talk about playoff experience, and, you know, we're talking about that with the Warriors. Yeah. The playoff experience, I, I thought, was the determining factor in that series with with Toronto. It goes to a game seven. It's in Toronto, um, and, and the Lightning went out and and they just they they did what they do. What are they like? Are they eight and three now? Is that what I saw? Eight and three in game sevens during this run? Yeah, and, something like and, that. You know, back to back losses. I think they're now nineteen and zero after. Right, Vasilevsky uh, just uh, doesn't the, lose after just the, after, lose after after they lose after yeah. losses. And you know, Steve, you think it's for me? You know. Tough being a Penguins fan after today. Try being a Maple Leafs fan where you haven't got out of the first round in, you know, going on two decades now yeah. uh, for them. So, as you talked about the debt, and it was guys, you know, that Nick Paul scoring twice uh, in that game. Ross Colton throwing it on net, former crunch guy. Nick Paul with one hand, uh, you know, puts it in and then scores on a beautiful move. Uh, the game winner. And, you know, he was a great acquisition uh, for that hockey team. But when you got a goaltender like Vasilevsky and, and you got healthy guys in Stamkos and Kucherov, um, they're going to be there year in and year out. And, and they're getting great depth. Anthony Sorelli's played well. Uh, so they're a team, once again, that, that has a chance to make a run. And they got a, a very tough opponent in the All-Florida Series uh, against the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers were the surprise this year to me, but... You know, maybe not in the NHL because of, uh, you know, the good young talent that they have. And one of those guys played right here in Syracuse in Carter Verhage. He had six goals in the first series. He was the reason they advanced. Yeah. I mean, he was he, he was the reason. You got a bunch of, you know, we talk about intriguing series in the NBA. You look at the NHL, you got the battle of Florida between the Lightning and Panthers. You got the battle for the province between uh, yeah. Calgary and Edmonton. Yeah. I mean, there there's a lot of uh, intriguing uh, hockey that we're going to see over the course of, of the next and couple they, of weeks. And the Calgary-Edmonton series, I, I mean, that's going to be a fun one to watch. And I still think Colorado is the best team coming out of the Western Conference. But, you know, series-wise, the Edmonton-Calgary one is one I'm going to have my eyes on. As Jordan calls him, uh, the Lanch. Uh, <laughs> he wants that to catch on. He yeah. wants that to catch on. Uh, we haven't even talked college lacrosse. We're going to talk college lacrosse in the next segment. Um, because as we look back on the weekend, yeah, NBA, NHL stood out. But locally, um, you know, you had LeMoyne in action, OCC women going for a national championship, Cornell men, SU women. I mean, so much college lacrosse from over the weekend. We'll talk about that next. Phone lines open if you want to check in at 315-437-7644. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. All right, Stephen Fonte, Mario Sacco, back with you here on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. Jack Jokinen will uh, join us in the next segment to talk some Yankees baseball. Uh, as promised, though, we switch gears. We talk college lacrosse here. First week of the NCAA tournament in the books. Uh, the SU women having to go on the road to play in Princeton, New Jersey. Had to play Fairfield on Friday. That game was a lot closer than anybody expected. Uh, Syracuse was fortunate to survive that one, won by a goal 
12 to 11, and then that set up what we thought was going to be a, a much more difficult uh, game yesterday, uh, Mario, against Princeton in Princeton. So it was a true road game for the right to go on to the quarterfinals, but uh, the ladies went out. They played very well, played much better than they did on Friday, uh, and they got the four-goal victory. Yeah, slow start. They shook that off, and then the second quarter turned it on, led by Olivia Adamson and Megan Tyrell. Uh, those two combined for eight goals, Tyrell with five of them. Uh, so they did what they had to do, and as Megan Tyrell said, you know, uh, after she even said at halftime, you know, it doesn't matter what the score is. It's just a matter of if we win. So, uh, and that's what they did moving on to, to set up that showdown with Northwestern, uh, a team that they already played this year, lost in overtime. We're winning that game up until, you know, a minute and a half left, uh, gave up a late goal and, and then fell in overtime. So uh, another evenly matched opponent in the quarterfinals and can SU, you know, do what they've been doing, uh, getting good scoring depth from some of their freshman players and their key players stepping up, you know, over these last two games. We haven't even really even said Emily Harris-Chuck's name, and Syracuse has won both games, so that's a good sign. Yeah, and it's, it is a quick turnaround. Uh, normally, you play on a Saturday, and then you have you know five, six days to get ready for the next game. They played on a Sunday and then came back to campus, and now you turn around, you got to hit the road again. Uh, you're going out to Northwestern. It's a Thursday game, so you've got today, which I'm sure is going to be a light day, um, you know, tomorrow will be a full day of prep, and then you're traveling out there. So there, there's not much time to get ready for this game. I, I guess the good news is, as you mentioned, you already know this opponent. You played him once. You, you took him right down to the wire. You played, you know, at their place. Um, so you, you won't be caught off guard, and, and obviously you can lean on the scouting report from the first time around uh, to get you ready for th- for this one. I know Kayla Trainer spoke uh, after the game yesterday, uh, Mario. Uh, why don't you, you set up what we have? This is Kayla Trainer after the game. Just what I mentioned, you know, it doesn't have to be pretty. They got two wins, a win by one goal on Friday, uh, a pretty, you know, convincing win, 13-9 win over Princeton on Sunday. Here's what she had to say after the game. That's the goal, and, and, you know, we talked to the girls on Friday after the game, but, you know, it might not be always how you want to win, but if you win, you, you know, that's all we want to do, and um, I'm just so proud of them. It's it, Princeton's a, a phenomenal team, and, you know, an amazing coaching staff, so for them to come here and compete, you know, Friday, Sunday, it's a tough weekend, and they did amazing. We get to continue on. And, and honestly, if you're going to have a game where you don't play great, it's probably best to do it in the first one, right? Because if they had played like they played on Friday, if they had played like that on Sunday, they might not be around anymore uh, in this tournament. So it it did prove as a little bit of a wake-up call. Uh, they played a lot better yesterday, and they're going to have to continue to play better if, if they want to advance because everybody from here on out is really, really good. And this is why, and we talked about this at the time, Mario, when Syracuse went to the ACC tournament and played Virginia, we said that that game was very important because a win – and you have a strong case to be a number four seed and get to host this game, you lose, which is what happened, you probably drop to a five seed, which they did, and now this game is on the road. And it does make a big difference. And while they couldn't host last week because of graduation, they would have been able to host this week. And so instead of Northwestern coming here for the grudge match, you got to go back out there. Yeah, and it's I would say it's a place that you played at this season. They did go out there and play, but they played in the football right, not practice. At, not at that, not they didn't at that play field, at, right. at the field, which is a beautiful setting. Uh, sits right next to a lake right. Uh, right there out in Evanston, Indiana. And, and kind of cool that they're playing Northwestern, some local ties. You know, the Shanley sisters from FM play uh, for Northwestern. So, you know, you get to see them go against the hometown team, so to say, in Syracuse. But 
for SU, you know, the, the goal all season, the target's been on their back. They they know what they're going up against. It's can they play a full game? Because you can't start out slow uh, uh, like you have been uh, against a Fairfield, against a Princeton, and, and expect to, to win a lacrosse game. You know, you, you saw the, the slow start uh, against Virginia, and they lost, and Virginia got hammered by North Carolina uh, over the weekend in their second-round matchup. So, you know, SU has the, the the talent to win. It's just can you put a full 60 minutes together, and we've yet to see it over these last couple of games, Steve. If this is the year that the SU women break through and win win the whole thing, they, they're going to have earned it because they're going to have played every game on the road or away from the Dome. Um and you look at what's coming what, up. Yeah, they're going to have Northwestern. Yeah. If they win, they're going to have North Carolina. And if they win out, they're probably going to have Boston College. So you're talking about, you know, certainly the two best teams in the country in in Carolina and BC. And that's you know if you can get by this one on the road at the fourth ranked team in the country who you already lost to once. So um, and, and they've lost all these teams, right? So this is this is truly the the redemption tour from here on out if they're able to get this thing done. Uh, fortunately, they do have Megan Tyrell on their side. Uh, she is a Twarton finalist that was announced late last week. Uh, one of five finalists and one of five players in program history to be named a finalist. Uh, that list uh, it happens to include her head coach, Kayla Trainer. But here's Kayla uh, after the game uh, yesterday talking about Megan Tyrell. She is one of the very best players in the country, and she plays at a very elite level. And, you know, we're just really lucky to have her at Syracuse and just really proud of the season she's been having. Probably not going to win the award, uh, but uh, certainly a big honor, Mario, for her to be uh, named one of one of five finalists. 73 goals this year, Steve, kind of speaks for itself and what she's been able to do. And all season long, I talked about yesterday on News Channel 9, this team's dealt with adversity. It started, you know, before the first game when Emma Ward goes down. And then, you know, Megan's sister and Emma Tyrell goes down. And she's been that steady constant throughout. Since that first game, all the way throughout, and, you know, balanced scoring. She had five yesterday. And issues really never had to worry uh, about her, you know, she's been able to knock on wood, stay healthy, and, and you know, she's had a fantastic season. We should mention before we uh, get to Yankees baseball in the next segment, uh, Lemoyne men are moving on, and what a know, win! They took on a team that they had lost to twice this year, and the last time in particular, I mean, they they lost badly. Yeah. Um, scored just two goals against the Delphi the last time they saw them in the NE Ten Conference Tournament. And they turned the tables yesterday, and they they produced a convincing victory. Now they're going back to the Final Four. Yeah, Steve, they went 56 minutes without scoring a goal against the Delphi. From you know the second half uh, of that game in the NE10 Championship, didn't score in the first quarter, didn't score for about five minutes in the in the second quarter, and you're like, oh boy, here we go again. And then all of a sudden, you know, Ben McCreary scores a couple of goals, the CBA product, Carter Collins. Score with about nine seconds left in the second quarter. And from there, credit that defense and goaltending by LeMoyne locking down in the second half, not allowing a goal. And LeMoyne picks up a 9-4 win, gets revenge on a Delphi team that beat them twice this season. And now they take on a Mercy team on Sunday that they played this year. They beat already this year. Uh, you know, you can't kind of take anything for that. As Dan Sheehan said, we want to be playing our best lacrosse in May. And they played all the way back in, what, I think, beginning of March. So... Um, 
more importantly for Lemoyne, you know, to get that monkey, so to say, off their back this year and, and get a little revenge against the Delphi has to feel pretty sweet for Dan Sheehan's squad, the defending champs. You, you mentioned Ben McCreary, uh, the local product. We were saying that a lot this weekend, just even looking at the D1 <laughs> Anytime tournament. I texted you, someone else right. was scoring from... It, it was unbelievable. In the D1 men's tournament, obviously Syracuse not involved, but you got a lot of players and coaches <laughs> from here uh, that, that are involved. And, and for the most part, form held, uh, with two exceptions... Uh, Brown, the eight seed, lost to Virginia, which I don't think surprised anyone. Uh, Virginia was actually favored in that game, and, and they went out and they won it easily. The one surprise from the weekend was Delaware knocking off Georgetown. I don't know if anybody saw that coming. Georgetown was the two seed. They lose to Delaware 10-9, and now Cornell benefits from that. Cornell gets Delaware instead of Georgetown for the right to go to the Final Four. Uh, Cornell had an easy time with Ohio State, big second half uh, yesterday by the Big Red, and now they're one win away in a game that they should win to go to the Final Four. Yeah, kind of a weird game yesterday for Cornell. They fall behind 3 nothing. Same thing happened when they played earlier in the year to the Buckeyes, and, and Cornell comes back and you know kind of shuts Ohio State down in the second half, a, a lengthy weather delay in that one. We saw it up here with the OCC Women's National Championship game. An hour plus weather delay due to the lightning in the area and, and storms. Um, but you know, we talk about local kids, Spencer Wertheim with a couple of great assists in that game. But you know, Cornell goes when John Piatelli and CJ Kirst are scoring goals, and, and those two combined for nine goals yesterday. And even a goalie goal happened yesterday, Steve, as uh, TD Erland's brother Chase scored a, a goal as the goalie. You know, throwing it all the way downfield and. Now they head to Columbus, and they got to be huge favorites taking on a Delaware team. Yeah, I know they pulled off the upset against Georgetown, uh, but when you're looking at the matchups, uh, I think you know Cornell head and shoulders is more talented than that Delaware Blue Hens team. Everybody was looking at the Ivy League saying, wow, they got five teams in. Uh, the Ivy League earned their place in the tournament. Princeton, Yale, Penn, Cornell all advanced. Well, we'll find out come the Final Four. Uh, you know, I I understand. Yes, they earned the, they they all advanced, but you know, a lot of those teams struggled. You know, Yale got all they Yale, can, yeah. Yale got all they can handle. Penn, Penn definitely got all they you know from a Richmond team coached by a, a West Jenny alum. That's right. That has a couple of local guys on their team as well. So, I mean, you're gonna have you, you're there's a chance you know you're gonna have you know who didn't struggle Maryland. Well, right. I was <laughs> I was I was just gonna say that there's a chance that you're gonna have three Ivy League teams. And Maryland in the Final Four because I mean Princeton and Yale are playing each other, so one of them's going. Cornell again, we would uh, you don't want to assume anything, but they're going to be favored to go, and Penn's going to be favored over Rutgers. So you're if the if form holds and the favorites win, you're going to have three Ivy League teams and Maryland uh, in the Final Four. So it'll be interesting to see. But as you said, nobody's touching Maryland right now. It is it is certainly the the Terps tournament. To lose, we do have to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk baseball. We've got Jack Joe Keenan from George's Box Podcast set to join us on the other side. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. All right, Stephen Fonte, Mario Sacco with you here on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We've got our producer, Jordan, in with us for this segment. Again, Lucas Favalli, voice of the Crunch, set to join us in the next segment as the Crunch get ready for it. And uh, all important, a decisive game five tomorrow night inside the War Memorial against the Laval Rocket. Uh, all right, Jordan, what do you got for us today? 
Well, uh, G League, the elite camps are going on today, and I just came across a little video of Buddy Beheim. You know, he's talking about his humble beginnings at Syracuse, but the last part of what he said in the video, uh, it was it was very blunt, and you don't hear a lot of athletes with this humility. And I wanted to wanted to play it and let everybody know what Buddy's thinking right now. Throw me off guard over here, Jordan. You need to let me know these things before. Yeah, I got you. Don't worry. Waiting, waiting, Buddy Beheim bite. There we go. All right. Three, two, and one. Coming into college, I wasn't a high-rated guy. Didn't have, I wasn't a four-star, five-star recruit. I was very under the radar and just thought of being a role player my whole career and was able to work my way up into a starting position and be one of the main guys the last two years. But that, that definitely took a lot of hard work. I don't know if I thought I would make it this far personally. Honestly, uh, I usually just plan on, on the day ahead and what's ahead and try to get better that day. Do we believe, I mean, not do we believe it, because obviously it wasn't a guarantee, but just besides the question of now that it's really getting close, like what do we think of Buddy's pro chances, but what do we think of him saying that he at some points didn't believe he'd get to the G League elite camps and this level of basketball? Because you don't hear a lot of guys saying that. It's always, I knew I could do it, like I thought I could. What do I think about it? I think it's honest. Um not to switch gears here, did you happen to see SU's commencement yesterday? I, I try to stay away from that. It makes me okay. feel older than I really am. Uh, so David Muir was was the commencement speaker, and he actually talked about that yesterday. Did you see it, Mario? Yes. Yeah. He talked about how he was interning at Channel 5 at the age of 14. He's like, how am I here? I don't belong here. You know, They hired him You know, right out of school. At 21, he's anchoring the news, and he's like, I'm having another moment. I'm 21. I'm anchoring the news in Syracuse, New York. I don't belong here. You know, then obviously we've seen him work his way up to the point where now he's traveling the world and he's interviewing presidents and world leaders and and he said, you know, they hire me and and I'm I'm not I I don't belong here. Um, I think he's just being honest, you know. And you put the work in, and that was like the whole message of David Muir yesterday was in this day and age of social media where I'm the best. Look at me, like you know. He says I want my work to do the talking. And I, I feel like it's an apt comparison because I feel like Buddy is exactly that, right? Buddy just went out and he worked really hard. He was never the fastest, never the strongest. He was never the best player. But he just he just kept working his butt off, and he's gotten to a point where he you know, could very well la- – I don't think any of us would be shocked if he landed on an NBA roster, right? He's, he's not going to get drafted, most likely. Um, but I don't think we would be shocked if he ended up on a roster somewhere, so – I, I think I think he's just being honest. I think it's refreshing. I have no problem with him. I know you're supposed to say, you know, betting on myself, and I know, you know, I'm going to be great. And I, I think it's okay to be honest every once in a while. I'll be like, yeah, like I've surprised myself. I've put in the work, but I've surprised myself. And you talked about David Muir's speech yesterday, and one of the things was, you know, wake up with a purpose. Yeah. And you know, you've heard it numerous times what Buddy Beheim has done, the drive that he puts into his basketball game. You know, from Eric Demendorf talking about. You know, at 6 a.m. workouts with Buddy in their home gym at, at, at the Bayheim house to, you know, him staying after practice hour or two. You know, this is a kid that coming out of J.D. his junior year and going to a prep school, you knew he was good at that level, Steve. You saw the talent at, at that level. Um, but he's just crafted his game to, you know, from being a kid that could just, you know, step outside and shoot the basketball to putting on weight to building himself to – to getting that opportunity to try and play at the next level. And anything he gets uh, at that next level, he deserves because he's worked tremendously, you know, hours after hours at it.
And he happens to be like the nicest kid in the world. So, I mean, that that doesn't hurt you. I'm rooting for him. I, I think he's he's just a really nice young man who works really hard. And in a day and age where, you know. In our, a day and age when someone, when you can easily, you know, blow off someone in a, in a locker room, blow off an interview. He, never once has Buddy ever done that in the years that he was here at Syracuse, even before that. I, I was going to say in a day and age where our youth desperately need yeah. role models. He's 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 a role model. So in any event, just, I know I have no crazy. problem with him saying just that. how close he is. Like people can look at this and say, "Oh, it's the G League elite camp." Like Jose Alvarado was in yeah. this. He was locking up Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. O'Shea Brissett led O'Shea the Pacers in every Terrence statistical Mann category. Terrence Mann was in the yep. Ma- Max Struess is in the yep. conference finals right now for I mean, the Heat. Ni- like, I mean, Nick Van Fleet was, was an afterthought, and and now he's you know one of the best players for the Raptors. You going Fred? Fred, Nick, is Nick Van Axel, though. Van Axel is. He was a, he was a glitch in the NBA Live games back in the day, but <laughs> it's just crazy because not only is Buddy this close to making it, but these guys are all playing meaningful minutes. Who's to say Buddy's not on a team? What Grant Williams hit like seven threes, a career high. He shot almost twenty of them, a career high in three yeah. times. It's just we could be that close to seeing Buddy like on national TV, conference finals, just shooting the lights out. It's incredible. Yeah, I, I would not be shocked if he if he lands on a roster. Um, it, it, again, he's and I know it's a business, but he he provides something, right? I mean, you need to do something exceptionally well. We talked about this when Tyus was coming out. You know, Tyus was a great player. He was a great college player. But the problem with Tyus at the next level was he didn't do anything exceptionally well. Like his his best asset was. Was the mid range game the versatility and, of the mid range? Well, yeah. right, and and like NBA scouts, they want layups and threes. They, Ten years ago, they don't want the seventeen footer, right? Well, what do you say? What, Ten what you years mean? ago, Ty, oh, right. twenty years yeah. ago, like, yeah, he would have been great. He's looking but, at Demar Derozan, like guys, this could be me. Come right. on, you yeah. want layups and threes, and Tyus Battle was like, I'll knock down the seventeen footer for you, but that's that's not what they want. And he didn't, and he's a, and again, he's a great kid, you know, really really nice young man. You root for him as well. Um, but his game just wasn't suited for, you know, this this day compared and age to, of, compared of the, to an O'Shea who you know uh, attacks the hoop can 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 do high motor high, guy yeah. can rebound yeah. right he he does some things exceptionally well Buddy does one thing I mean he does all other things but he does one thing exceptionally well and that's shoot the basketball and he has some size to him so yeah I think he fills a role in the NBA I I think he can make a roster. Let's look for it. Before we get to break, one quick trivia question for you since we haven't had a show since last Wednesday. Of all teams in Major League Baseball, there's only one team who has won more than two straight games and only one team who has lost more than two straight games. Every other team is on like a quick little one. Is that right? Yeah. Do you know who they are? Well, it's not the Yankees because they've gone, uh, they they won one, lost one. Um, I mean, no, I off the top of my head, I've been so locked into NHL and NBA. I, I'll be honest with you. I, other than the Yankees, I haven't really been locked into Major League Baseball. I, I would guess the Reds, but I know that the Reds have kind of the Reds are smoking uh, hot now. Yeah, <laughs> right. thanks to Mario's Pirates. Did, did you see how they lost yesterday? To I my did Pirates? not. No, no I did not. hitter, and they still lost. Oh, I saw right. I saw. I didn't watch the game. I saw the headline. I, I heard them Three talking. Walks and, a, and a ground up. I heard them talking on the show before us about. Like it is possible in this day and age, you could have a perfect yeah. game and lose because now you put the guy on second uh, in extra innings. You could get to extra innings, you could lose the game and still have a perfect game. I don't um, blame you for not knowing. Two very irrelevant teams. The Tigers won three straight over the Orioles. All right. Yeah, 
I and 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 the Orioles have lost three straight. Okay, let's, and they're let's, still let's, not last yeah. in the East. That's my Red Sox. <laughs> let's make it seven. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Let's exactly. I'll take it. I need it too. I'll sort of cheer for the Yankees in this four game series. Oh, all right. Uh, let's take a timeout. There's a, you said trivia question. I don't know if that's trivia, <laughs> yeah. but it's kind of uh, trivia. Yeah. It, well, the, it was interesting. The only one that would have known that would have been Eric Columbia being a Detroit Tigers. Yeah, right. Fan. Exactly. <laughs> it's very timely trivia yeah. that isn't going to be relevant in like a day. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. We got Lucas Favalli. He is very relevant, especially in a day because that's when the crunch uh, will take out Laval. Game 5 tomorrow at the War Memorial. We'll hear from Lucas Favalli next on ESPN Radio.